0: Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.
1: Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood.
2: And great Saturday morning, Lowcountry. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business. Heard here on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30. Or you might be listening to us via podcast at our website at coastalwm.com. Thank you for taking the time, Lowcountry, to listen to great stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from around the Lowcountry. I'm one of your hosts here this morning, Eric Cox,
1: with Mr. Byron Stahl. Yeah, glad to be here. Good morning, Eric. Hopefully you had a great 4th of July. Yeah, it was not too shabby. Not too shabby. It's a fun weekend, for sure. Hard to believe we're talking about July. Man, the year is halfway over. Before you
2: know it, we'll be talking about 2020. It's a scary thought Uh, for this Saturday morning. Ball season's going to be coming in about a month and a half. It's it's rolling by quick. Absolutely crazy. Well, uh, as always... uh, We're here again with another great entrepreneur, but before we tune to Dial and talk about who we have in the studio today, Byron, let's talk a little bit about who we had last uh, couple of weeks. That was Mr. Kenny Gamble, and Kenny is the owner of Paul Davis Restoration, which is a national franchise. Um, Kenny just did a great job of really telling his story, particularly about transitioning from the NFL into sort of the corporate life and how all that skill set translated. So what was a great takeaway you had from... uh, his uh, time with uh, us. I, I
1: had a few. I had a few takeaways, but really, I, I loved his perspective on leadership. Being, you know, a teammate and re- learning what he respected in a leader in the NFL to transitioning as a leader in his business. And you know, one of the, you know, I'll, I guess I'll mention two takeaways. One of them was that when he first got into management, he sat back for ninety days, didn't implement anything new. He wanted to learn the people. Uh, that he was going to be managing, and that's the you know that's the best way to lead is by also learning. And uh, secondly, you know we love talking about people and running a business, but he really leveraged his contact base uh, from his university, Colgate. And you know just a nugget that I think is important for those that are in entrepreneurship or thinking about getting into entrepreneurship. Do not underestimate your current contact base. People are always looking for that next contact who's going to introduce them to the next biggest thing, but do not underestimate the people you already know.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely correct. That The quote I took away from him in that regard was the value of relationships throughout his life and how they have helped him continuously network. Even till this day, he's using relationships that he built back when he was in college. And so uh, you're right. Those lifelong relationships have been uh, amazing for him throughout that process. So, Kenny, again, thank you for your time and your story. And, of course, as we always do, uh, we're going to turn the page. And I think if you look back at our last couple of guests, we've been, we've been talking to folks that grew up in the Massachusetts area. And so we're going we're gonna to get away from that a little bit, I think, <laughs> today and uh, go to a little different part of the, the country. I think the Midwest, if I'm correct on that. But uh, we have Martin Rolla in the studio. So, first of all, Martin, welcome. Thank you. Martin is the president and CEO of Sapiens Automation. And I know you have a lot of uh, great things going on in the organization, you're doing some cool things here in the community. So we're excited to hear about all that. But before we dive in, uh, Martin, give us just a quick 20-second commercial on what is Sapience Automation. All
0: right. So Sapience is a, our primary business is we are an integrator of people who need robots. So a lot of manufacturing companies need robots to do different things. Um, and what we do is we'll work with them and we'll figure out what their needs are and we'll design the systems. We'll put it in, and uh, get them running, but we really try to think of it as going beyond that. We like to make sure that they don't only uh, run right at the start, but they continue running. You know, A lot of these places now, uh, automations new to them, so we really look at more of a long-term perspective with these types of customers because there's lots of things other than having the equipment move and work the way it is that it takes to be successful with those. And uh, that's really our difference from uh, some other automation companies out there. That's kind of our our different view on how we uh, support our customers.
2: And obviously, uh, in the industry-wide that is expanding, growing, evolving every day, the technology is rapidly changing. So we're excited to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. Probably get a lot of that next week. Because we have a little bit uh, of background work we want to do first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Martin, I know you've uh, listened to this show before, so you know where we're going. As Mm -hmm. you know, the title of the show is Beyond the Business. So we're going to go beyond the business first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what was family life like?
0: All right. Okay, sure. I grew up in Michigan, a town called Warren. It's uh, just north of Detroit. And so obviously a big automotive-based community. Warren's a uh, middle-class town, a mix of blue-collar, white-collar and um you know had a really uh you know really good childhood uh it was the youngest of four boys so that was interesting my poor mother had uh, (laughs) you know to live with four boys but just great supportive parents you know i really learned from them kind of the selflessness uh you know they really did everything for their children and uh, put children first and you know when you're growing up you don't really recognize that and then as you get older you you look back at that and say wow you know, what a great foundation and core you have. You know, I hope my kids you know, are listening
2: that, this morning. Goodness yeah. gracious, I don't think they get that. Yeah, I, know, so I know, it's funny. <laughs> you it's, give me hope, I appreciate yeah, it. That. It's, a,
0: it's, a, it's a twisted cycle, right, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, so that that's that was great. A uh, So I went uh, went to school there. Hey, um, before you go there, yeah, talk sure. a little bit about
2: what parents did. Mom and dad, yeah. what were they uh, involved in? Yeah,
0: so my, my father was, uh, he worked for uh, IBM for years, so he, uh, boy, over 30 years there. And he was, uh, uh, he dealt with a lot of uh, installing systems and getting them working and, and doing things like that. So these are the old, old days of computers, you know, where a computer the size of this room it was huge. weaker than that cell phone sitting <laughs> on her desk, right? So, so he grew up through, uh, you know, that phase wow. of the technology, and, and that's really what he did. And my mother, uh, my mother stayed at home, uh, raising, raising us uh, uh, pretty much for So, know, so dad te- had the
1: much easier jobs, what you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, right, yeah. Four so, boys, wow. Absolutely right now so what What were some hobbies that you enjoyed when you were young
0: i was really into sports a lot you know i was a big always you know those days it was okay to play three three sports at a time right these days you you know it's it's interesting you focus your kids early but yeah i was big in you know baseball and basketball and, and that's really you know in the summers you just go outside and play sports did you start uh,
1: playing tennis back then
0: tennis I didn't really play my now my wife wishes I did I played a little bit of tennis my my big sports were really baseball and basketball and then I in high school I ran track and did a a lot of that I was a pole vaulter and sprinter and things like that so um, but um, really just did a a lot around uh, uh, all around type of uh, sports in those days
2: and so Uh, as a youngster did you have a dream vision of goal of what you wanted to be when you grew up
0: you know, as I got into high school, um you know, I always thought I wanted to run a business or lead a business. I didn't quite know what that was. You know, I always felt like, you know, that was what I wanted to do.
2: And why is that? Because you didn't come from a family that was running a business, right?
0: Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know exactly. I remember always, it was always in my head that I was, I was technical. I was always good in the, kind of the math and engineering programs, but I, I knew that's not all I wanted to do, so even through... Undergrad and things like that, I always had a blend of business and uh, uh business courses mixed in because I knew I was you know technical was a strength, but I knew i wasn't didn 't just want to be you know necessarily an engineer I knew engineering was a path to get to the next level, but that 's kind of what I always did, so I always tried to find a balance yeah, in that um, so that 's really where i uh, always tried to look for the types of classes I took or the activities I was involved in
1: gotcha and i I see here that uh you ended up going to Stanford University. Walk us mm-hmm. through the process of right. choosing university and that transition to the next yeah, phase of life. Yeah.
0: yeah, so for my undergraduate, I went to University of Michigan, which is great school. They almost, they almost showed up the South for the first time in 53 years here this uh, last week. And the baseball, they came close. But uh, anyway, um, the uh, University of Michigan was great, you know, all around school. And uh, I went there for electrical engineering degree. You know, when you live in Michigan and you got, you know, you're pretty good in school and you have good grades, um, it, you know, it's a great choice for you. So that's that's where I went. Um, the um, so then as I got into my senior year, I, you know, I was honestly I was kind of a little bit burned out in school, and you know, I was kind of looking forward to just working for a while, right? And uh, I did well in school, but and I, you know, I wasn't something out it. I just wanted to stay there, but. I happened to be uh, co-oping with General Motors, which was, their technical center was right down the street from where I lived. So I had a co-op position over the summer there. And at that time they had a nice uh, um, fellowship program that they did, a scholarship program. So my uh, manager called me and and said, uh, you know, we'd like you to apply for this thing. It's a graduate school, you know, program. I said, okay. I remember at the time, you know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes the best decisions you think through, sometimes the best decisions are just the ones you'd... Right on the fly, yeah, right? Yeah, so I said, all right, if I'm going to graduate school, I'm going to go to California. So the only places I applied to were Stanford, Berkeley, and UCLA, right? And I didn't really, you know, I put good effort into it, but I, so I applied out there. Well, as it turns out, I got, ex- I, I got this fellowship, and then I got accepted at uh, Stanford and Berkeley, um, and uh so then i was trying to decide between those two right and uh and i was going back and forth and um my roommate one of my roommates just said oh you got into stanford you go to stanford don't even think about it <laughs> i was like okay and then i ended. <laughs> i mean so you know and obviously there's some more thought in it but you know i guess how the takeaway and it worked out great and it was the right choice for me and it's you know opened a lot of doors but um you know it's just i guess the point there is sometimes you can really think through things and then sometimes you know the decisions come to you and you you know and it's uh, they work out well uh, as well so that was uh, probably one of those cases so. so you're really one of these guys where
2: your path was kind of laid out early in life I mean certainly the the technical expertise of being an engineer yeah uh, and you followed that all the way kind of through
0: I, I did and you know the interesting thing though is uh, and I think that's kind of maybe a, a, a theme here is I did and it went well and I, I always had very good opportunities. And, you know, I kind of progressed through companies into higher and higher roles. Um, but, you know, the thing that, uh, as I was doing that, I always had a v- you know, vision of what it was like to lead a large corporation and run a big business. You know, I had opportunity to run some fairly large businesses in my career, like a $200 million division and things like that, which is a nice size. Um, as I got through it, and I learned more, and it was great, and I learned a lot. But I also learned that that's not necessarily the thing that makes me the happiest, uh, I like the ability to kind of have uh, my hands in a lot of things, but what I didn't like necessarily is kind of the things you do when you're in a corporation of that size. In other words, you know, the thing that I, I realize is you spend a lot more time talking about your business than you are actually growing your business in many of those cases. It's just the nature of big businesses, especially I had a, a lot of international ones and things like that, so you have a lot of reporting and, and different things you're doing. And again, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I learned a tremendous amount there. But, you know, you end up being very busy, but it's not as necessarily as uh, um, it, enjoyable from some aspects, and uh, you, you get some stress just because you're dealing with, you know, some of the things you have to do in those, those companies. So, um, and a, as things played out in my career, that's, you know, kind of the thing was I did follow that path, but what I really didn't realize is being an entrepreneur and running my own business is a thing that really drives, really makes me happy, you know, it, it, Even though you think of starting a a new business is very stressful, even though I'm working harder, I I feel much less stressed than I did when I was in another role with a more comfortable guaranteed salary and all of those types of things. So it it was uh, not obvious to me when I was going through it. And then some things played out uh, over the past few years that almost kind of, Uh, really pushed me in this direction and i kind of listened to some signs and took it and that's that's how i came to be where we are now so
1: well to add on to that obviously in michigan and stanford you learned a ton from a technical perspective but do you have any big takeaways Uh or anything that you learned during that time period that you apply as a business owner entrepreneur
0: uh yeah for for sure you know it's interesting especially in my discipline you know you go through school and you uh you know, you learn a lot of things, but in an area of technology, a lot you know, there's a lot of moving parts, right? So things advance over the years. But the biggest thing I always say is, you go to school. Really, you learn how to learn, and I think that's, you know, it sounds, it sounds simple when you say it, but I think people miss and you know, don't recognize how important that is. You know, I, I look back. I remember being in you know Stanford, you get some just crazy competition. I remember talking to a guy sitting next to me in class, and I said, I said, how'd you get here? He goes, well, I'm the top student in my country, and they sent me here. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm taking a <laughs> test on a curve next to this guy, right? So, no pressure. Yeah, right. But anyway, but the thing is, is you get into these situations, and they push you, and you look back, and you solve these really, you know, 11 pages to solve some problem, and you're, you're like, well, I'm not... I'm probably not going to use that, but what you learn is you learn that you can do it. You learn how to break things down. You have that confidence so that when you're in a in a situation in business, you say, hey, you know, this is a business situation or a complex situation, but I know if you break it down, you can do it. So I think that's the first thing. And then also, so that's kind of learning how to learn and how to solve problems. And then the other thing is, you know, once you get out of school, you know, especially these days, the If you want to learn about something, you go on Amazon, you click or wherever you go and, you know, you can get a two or three books on something good. And if you just read those books, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I I could see something coming up. And this is when I was in bigger companies. We're going to be working on something new. I didn't have a background. You just get the book, you read it and you'll be amazed at how, you know, you come across like an expert and you don't want to overstate your experience. But just from having that background and being able to do it these days, it's incredible how much that can help you in your career because, you, you know if you if you read a, a good book it's almost like taking a course in that but you can do it just on your own pace right so
2: being prepared obviously yep. is something you took away from your experiences yep. um and by the way in case you just joined us and you're wondering whose voice that is it's that of uh, mr martin rolla and martin is the ceo and president of sapience automation here in charleston and martin we're talking about your years of corporate experience i mean you've had Um, good stints with very big companies right Mm -hmm. i mean you were with uh, general motors i think for 14 years or something like that um and once you left there you ended up with um um was it fanic robotics yeah Yeah, so i started
0: at gm and i went to fanic and then apex tool group so a big international uh, industrial tool provider
2: so you kind of hinted this a little earlier in the show about the corporate world versus what you're now doing on the entrepreneur side. Right. But dive a little deeper in that. And, and one mm-hmm. of the reasons Byron and I love to bring this out is a lot of folks listening to this show maybe are still in their corporate role and right. they're thinking about, you know, gosh, man, it'd be great if one day I could break away and go start my own business. So what was it like as you're going through this corporate experience, you're leading big teams, but yet in the back of your mind, knowing, gosh, I'd really like to own my own business one day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's it. You know, I always thought that, and in my case, in generally, I would, always had good opportunities in front of me. So you look at it and say, "Well, I have a pretty good gig going on here, right?" Is it really? I've always wanted to break away, you Got know.
2: Benefits, yeah, yeah, exactly. Paycheck. Right.
0: So you know, in my case, you know, some things happened where we were actually in one of my previous companies. We were uh, in the process of setting an office here and uh, went through and did the transition, doing that, and then the company went through some restructuring. So that that whole plan kind of fell apart. And right at that time is where. I had been actually talking with my now business partner about a potential joint venture where we'd work. And at that time, I said, "Hey, you know, what? this is this is a sign. It's finally I, I got to do this. Got to take this leap." Um, so you know, and then it's one of those things when I was going through it. You know, you would you'd be in a good role, but you know, at least in my case, I enjoyed a lot of what I did, but I necessarily wasn't overly happy with it. Uh, you know, and uh, but I didn't understand why. Once you step out of it you know and my you know my business partner his name's Anthony Marino but i remember him telling me once he said you know once you once you get out of it he knew me and my makeup he goes you 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 won't want to go back and in my case it was just you got to think about what you like to do you know if you're and there's is there's no right or wrong in this just in my case i was good at planning and financial planning and things like that and generating reports i was good at it but i really you know i looked at the amount of time that i was doing that work but what I really liked is when I get out in the field and working with customers and looking for new ideas to grow the business, right? And if you're in a big enough company with different structures, there's only so much time you can do each. You know, I remember telling, uh, you know, I was asked once a question from my, my boss, who was the CEO. He says, What's well, your number one indicator of growth? And the question was focused that you're supposed to have these nice business KPIs mm-hmm. and things like that. And they are, I don't want to dismiss those, those are super powerful. I said, But honestly, for me, it's a percentage of time me and my direct staff is in front of our customers. That's really. Our number one indicator of growth and we really need to think about how to improve that so well you get it no you can't leave yeah, us there what yeah, was yeah. the
2: answer to that statement? yeah
0: well <laughs> uh, he kind of just he just kind of smiled and absorbed it and then he put it on me he so said will tell me how you're going to get there right so which is the right answer <laughs> like, that guy won't be with that. us one day yeah, he's yeah. going to his own thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah no but no i guess the, what i'm trying to get at is you know i always knew i always felt like i wanted to do this i didn't quite understand why once i started my own business and i all of a sudden, I wasn't. Spending a lot of my time doing, you know, monthly financial reports and you know a lot of cro- meetings and things like that that are key to running and coordinating a big, large business. I realized those are the things that really that caused me stress because in the back of my mind, I had all these ideas for how to new things to do and to grow the business, and I wasn't getting to them. And then when you're in your own business, you know, there's a different trade-off. But at least you're, you're spending a lot of time doing a lot of things. But it's really, a, at least at the startup phase for sure, really focused on growing the business, right? Um, so, so I guess if you're in that point and you're thinking, you know, kind of ask yourself those questions, right? What is, if you really are in the role, some people are great at it and they love just being in that role and doing those meetings Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, making things happen from that perspective. I like to be a little more directly involved in influencing on some things and, you know, kind of drive some of the innovation and change. And that's why I think I was more suited for entrepreneurship, but. Well,
1: now that you've kind of given us a backdrop
0: as to your mindset and yeah. why you made the, the move, why don't you walk us through that
1: actual process? What yeah. did that look like?
0: Yeah, so um, yeah. So basically, and was, what was nice for me is in some of the companies I worked for, one of them was, uh, I mentioned Apex before, they're part of a Danaher, uh, Danaher group. I was part owner of them initially, and Danaher is a great company. They have a lot of great business systems, and I learned a lot of great skills on strategic planning and things like that. So I was in my uh, role with a company after Apex. I got exposed to the uh, you know, kind of the, the market that we focus in now at Sapience, and I just saw this huge strategic opportunity. So in my case, and this is probably a little bit unique because most people might not have that background, but I actually went and did a big strategic plan. I looked at it. I did a financial model. I did all those things, mapping it out. At that point, I wasn't sure if we were going to need to get capital investors or how exactly we were going to finance it. You know, as it turns out right now, we're just self-financed and uh, don't have any outside investment, but I wanted to be prepared. So I, in my case, I actually did a very comprehensive strategic plan. You know, fortunately, I had the background of doing that you know, for large companies and presenting them to the board, so I knew what it needed to look like, but I could also pressure test our theories, you know, and you can get down, here are the, you know, the three things we really need to do. I think that's the biggest thing is to figure out those few things, not the 10 things that you might do. And uh, I did that, and I reviewed it with some peers, and I talked to some other people and obviously uh, my business partner and I went through it a lot and uh, that really got us a lot of feedback and When I validated the need, if you will that's where we made the uh, that 's where we made the stuff and actually started the, the business to work together
2: and so like most people do in life, they look back and reflect, and there's always some people along the way that they found were very instrumental at a timely point in their life. And yeah. so you look back over your corporate world, your personal life. Mm-hmm. Talk a minute about some of those mentors and opportunities that have come about for yeah, you. Yeah,
0: for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, like I said, just circling back the personal life uh, thing. You know, I do look back at, you know, my, my parents, you know, and, you you know, you just kind of the, the whole mentality of, uh, you know, kind of, You know, just thinking of others, kind of that altruistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge in business. You know, one of the favorite books somebody gave me once, a guy named Eric uh, Hohauser, he uh, was just a person, a friend that was kind of helping me in a career transition. He gave me a book called The Go-Giver, if you've ever read that. Uh, And it's just a very short book, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the mindset behind that. You know, do more than you need to. And whether it's business or life, you know, just do good things and just go the extra mile and do good things for people. And good things will happen to you. You know, it's you know whether you're spiritual or what have you. It's it's all a similar thing. And that that book's a, a good one. And uh, you see that happen in business. You know, there's been business deals I've got. And I'm like, you get a request from someone, and it's it's you know, this isn't going to work out. But you do you still you do, do a good anyway. job, and yeah. guess what? It comes around and hits. So you know, I think uh, you know I got that f- from my my parents as well. Um, as I went through my career, you know, I've had you know many different many different. Uh, 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 managers. There was a consultant, a person by the name of Mark Froman, and he's a business consultant. He really kind of guided me when I was young, and uh, he really kind of coached me in not only some business skills, but personal skills. So I really uh, appreciate his work, too. Um, And then business-wise, I really learned a lot from uh, one of my last bosses, a guy by the name of Martin Kersinger, a German guy, who's uh, very skilled in uh, running businesses and dissecting things and and making plans. So, and... uh, so, you know, those are some uh, some of the people that really influenced me in terms of my business career. And I know you believe in paying it forward. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about next week yes. in,
2: in your show, a little bit about some of the things that you're doing back in this community with uh, some local universities and colleges and mm-hmm. just sort of how you give back. And so that's, a, I think, a cycle that keeps repeating itself. Right, right, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have one more minute left, so I'm going to ask one last question sure. to kind of lead into where we're going to pick up next week. Yes. And that is... When you made this jump, what was your biggest fear?
0: Um, So my biggest fear is, yeah, it's a little bit of an uncertainty, you know, and then, and then also what it's going to do my family. I mean, my family's been great. You know, my wife, Angela, and my, my kids, you know, it's a hard change on them, and it's dynamic, you know, thank God they're, they're there supporting me. Uh, so that's your fear, right, is it's maybe not going to play out. You know, for some reason, in this case, I had a lot of confidence, and it's not just because of the strategic plan, I just felt like, this was a thing for me to do now and things would work out but that was really it as you get into this it fails and you know then what are you going to do next are you oh i jumped out of the corporate world how can i get back in Real, realistically no one's going to knock you for starting your own business and getting back in that's probably a good thing than a bad thing but from a fear perspective that was it right and do you think fear in your perspective was more of a
2: motivator to go get it done, or was it more the fear of if it didn't happen, then you had to get it done? Which you know, which side of the coin it is? There's
0: more point? to go get it done a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Great. Great.
0: <laughs> um, again, uh, Martin Rolla, President
2: and CEO of Sapiens Automation. Thank you for your story and your time today. You know that goes by really fast. It doesn't sure it? does. My um, goodness, your yeah. whole life in like 28 minutes, right? Um, <laughs> so we're looking forward to coming back next week, okay, and really diving into again the business as it stands today, why you all have been successful, some of your philosophies, Mm -hmm. and also sort of where you see the future going for both your business and certainly what's going on here in the community of Charleston. So again, Martin, thank you for your time today. Uh, You've been listening to Beyond the Business, and if you uh, did not for some reason get to hear some of our stories from last week or the week before, simply go to our website at CoastalWM.com, click on the radio icon, and you can listen to not only uh, last week's show, but all of our shows going back now for about the last four and a half, five years. Again, you've been listening to Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 943 WSC. And until next week, uh, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business
1: on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at nine o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.